The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about how relationships with smartphone carriers are becoming more relevant for marketers. Joining us today is Adrian Veldheis, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Mobile Posse, which is a platform that uses native device content discovery to turn telecom companies into mobile media leaders. Notably, their Firstly Mobile technology is a suite of services carriers built into smartphones to create engaging experience without users having to open, load, search, or wait for content. And yesterday, Adrian and I talked through some of the changes in smartphone user behavior and new location data usage. And today we're going to discuss how marketers and mobile carriers are intersecting the mobile unlock screen. Okay, here's the second part of my conversation with Adrian Veldheis, Chief Revenue Officer at Mobile Posse. Adrian, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Ben, great. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. We got a little nostalgic in our last episode. I was thinking back about my days working for eBay, signing deals to put desktop icons on every computer around the world. And you work in a relatively similar space. You work with carriers and OEMs trying to help them modify their first open screen experiences. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of that unlock screen. There's the you know lock and unlock phase how are marketers taking advantage of the different ways to deliver content? Sure. Well, I'll just give a little context on that. And so there's kind of two key premise to what you said about our role for carriers. Number one is consumers want a better user experience for their smartphone. It hasn't changed much in the last 10 years since the iPhone launched. So that's the first premise is that consumers are looking for more and better. Number two, carriers have the golden opportunity to deliver that better experience. For so long, carriers have failed in so many efforts to be relevant on the mobile device for anything other than delivering a bill. So we've kind of put together a solution for carriers, which now resonates with users and puts carriers in the business of delivering media, mobile media, rich, compelling content. When it comes to marketers, to advertisers, it is a tremendous vehicle to reach consumers in terms of display advertising, performance advertising, which really resonates with them and coincides and is adjacent to great brand safety content. 
One of the things that we've talked about a lot lately is about contextual relevance and the unlock screen and even the lock screen, right? Being able to present a message is important, but understanding the time, the place, the location, the person, their interests really matters just as much as the ability to deliver the message. How are you thinking about delivering the right message at the right place at the right time? How do you know what the context is and what the consumer actually wants so that message isn't just getting in front of somebody and becoming an impression, but becoming something that's actually seen as valuable? From our job as a publisher and platform provider, we work hard on that every day trying to deliver content which is relevant using our personalization techniques, using our editorial and curation. When it comes to advertisers, they have a similar challenge. And in the sort of new world of what we call real-time bidding, programmatic advertising, they're trying to make those decisions and solve that problem all the time. So for us as a publisher and a platform provider, my job is to make my inventory as reliable and really transparent to advertisers as possible. So that together, publisher delivers a great content experience, engaged users, and the advertiser has full visibility into that inventory. They can count on it. They know that it's going to deliver great results. And then they can solve their challenge of making sure they reach the right message to the right user. So it really is a partnership type of relationship. So tell me a little bit about some of the data that marketers have access to to be able to deliver the right message in the unlock screen experience. Obviously, location data is something you can get from the phone. There's lots of privacy concerns and lots of regulation floating around. What data can you actually get access to and do you think is relevant to figure out what information to present to a lock screen experience? So first and foremost, of course, yeah, privacy and consumer protection has got to be top of mind for anybody in this business. It is this year. <laughs> it better be. But it also, it better be because it's the right thing to do. And frankly, nobody wins if consumers are uncomfortable. Agreed. So you mentioned location. There is the value of location in real time. So when someone is using their mobile phone, invariably, there's some level of location awareness that is available to the advertiser. It could be as little as, you know, a city block, could be as broad as a DMA, maybe a zip code, things like that, right? So in real time, that decision-making on location can be incredibly important. But more broadly, what's also very powerful about location data and also can be concerning is the history of location data that can be available about a user. Not anybody specifically living in this place, but the anonymous user who's out there. That built-up history of location, places visited, distance traveled to work, with somebody you know traveling coast to coast across country or someone staying in their local neighborhood. Those sorts of insights help advertisers deliver a much more relevant message to the consumer on the other end. And the good news is it is all an anonymous level, but nonetheless, still incredibly powerful for advertisers. So sometimes the misplaced thought is that it's the real-time immediate location, which is the biggest impact. Quite often, it's that built-up behavioral model that really helps advertisers connect with consumers in a relevant way. Yeah, I think of location data being very much about profiling, right? The business customers, people that are traveling a fair amount or understanding commute times and regular behaviors 
or places that someone has visited helps you figure out whether they should be in your target. One of the things that I've thought about doing to promote the MarTech podcast is buying a list of people that have attended a digital marketing event to try to find more listeners and potential sponsors. And that to me is the ideal use of location data is I know because someone was at this event or at this place at this specific time, they are relevant to me. Therefore, I want to deliver my message to them. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Outside of location data, what are some of the other signals that marketers can use to figure out how to deliver an unlock screen message? Sure. And you use the term, which I would caution against just to back up just a little bit of profiling. I would use the term, and most experience with American Express on this propensity modeling. And I think it's the same challenge that you really are describing. It's what is the likelihood of the propensity of this anonymous user I really don't know, but I can get some ideas and some signals about what is the propensity of them to convert, convert to listen to my podcast, convert to get an American Express card or what have you. So I always try to talk about that idea of propensity modeling. When it comes to other signals, I mean, there are some classics. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about repeated messaging, just the mindset of how frequently can I reach this user? Can I reach this user every single day? If you're a CPG advertiser, you know, if you're selling toothpaste, it's important that you reinforce that message, that brand message every day or every week, because in six weeks, they're going to run out of toothpaste and they might not choose you. So repeated messaging, of course, is an important time of day is very reflective of a user, of a consumer's mindset. Obviously, morning, you're thinking about what's going to happen the rest of the day. Lunchtime, you're getting hungry. Afternoon, you're lazy and you're thinking aspirationally about travel. Evening, who knows what you're on to. So a lot of the traditional signals that we use are really just as valid as today. And the good news is they're super available in a mobile environment, of course, coupled with location and persistent identifiers and things like that. So give me some examples of companies that are using the unlock screen well. Who do you think is best in class in terms of delivering relevant messages? Well, we've seen 
tremendous demand from a variety of sources. I did mention yesterday when we spoke about uh, insurance. Insurance is a very important category for us. Most recently, of course, coming off the uh, Q4 season, but even before in like back to school, big box retail has been really effective at driving awareness of sales, promotions, product launches, things like that. I've seen great stuff. And you know who big box retail is (laughs) without naming names, but really effective use there in terms of messaging, which is good looking on the device, relevant with time of day, quite often includes messaging about proximity to store and featuring your four P's of marketing. So, you know, place and price and promotion. So those are two categories, which I see really effectively taking advantage of this, really trying to influence the user mindset. So hypothetically, a company that rhymes with Schmallmart <laughs> could say you're 4.5 miles away from your closest Schmallmart and you would be eligible for a 50% discount on Christmas lights on, you know, whatever, December 23rd. For example, and that's not new. I'll give you another example. For what we do, so we align with wireless carriers for distribution. So many of our properties carry their masthead, so to speak. Mm-hmm. As a result, if I'm, you know, I run inventory for T-Mobile, I can't then take demand and advertising for, say, Verizon. Clearly, there would be a lot of unhappiness if that were to happen. But traditionally, in lots of other roles, someone like Verizon, AT&T, you know, these are the two largest advertisers in the U.S., Verizon and AT&T, certainly top five. So a very effective use of location and mobile advertising for them, and it certainly applies to the unlock experience is the idea of using location to know, should I be promoting my retail channel because somebody is close to the store? Or should I be promoting my e-commerce channel because I just don't have retail coverage in that area? So there are these subtleties which are not automatically intuitive. We think of location as tracking you on the street corner, but really they're just revealing key insights about how a marketer is going to spend their budget that they had anyway. The great news for a publisher in that model is if I were to sell all my inventory, I'd offered at a very low price. But if I can offer targeting for near the store versus away from the store, well, I can charge more for the same thing. So it really works out well for publishers too. I guess the last question that I have for you is when I think about working with carriers and when I think about the unlock screen and trying to reach the experience that we've been talking about, I think about it being such a mass volume channel, which means it's got to be prohibitively expensive for most people. And that's why the insurance company, right? The other telecom companies, big box retail, small marts of the world. I don't even know why I'm calling it small mart, not Walmart, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Those are companies that obviously have gigantic marketing budgets for brands that are growth stage, local, small business, don't have tens to hundreds of millions of dollars to spend. Is there a carrier integration? Is there an unlock screen marketing channel available to them? Or is this just something that the big boys are fighting over? No, this is absolutely a broad-based advertising vehicle. And a large part of our demand comes through our, what you would call programmatic channels. So whether it's sort of the independent exchanges and DSPs that use them, but also certainly through Google and AdX and Google has a AdWords small business product, right? And so when it comes to mobile in general, or certainly sort of the suite of inventory that we're offering, whether it's on T-Mobile, Metro PCS, Cricket Wireless, Boost, it's very accessible at a whole range of ways to get involved. So any one of those buying channels, anybody who's in the marketing space would be able to find us very easily. 
Well, Adrian, I appreciate you walking us through the experience of how marketers can use the unlock screen as a vehicle. I also appreciate you bringing me back into my former life of working in business development and fixed placements. I feel younger, dumber, and drunker, with the exception <laughs> of drunker already. Thanks for being my guest on the MarTech Podcast. Man, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Adrian Veldheis, Chief Revenue Officer at Mobile Posse, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Adrian, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is avdutch, A-V-D-U-T-C-H. Or you can visit his company's website, which is mobileposse.com, M-O-B-I-L-E-P-O-S-S-E.com. Just one link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. It's M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our once-a-week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or you can reach out to me directly, my handle handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every day, every week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.